in the very beginning, my very first, my very first month in sales, I think it was like 12 and a half, 13 grand. Right. And I remember I was just like, wow, I let off the gas. I let off the gas. And I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. Hey, if I don't get this deal, it's not a big deal. I'm covered for the next few months. And uh, I, I learned really quickly. Uh, that's, that's a bad headspace to be in. Welcome to the Closers Network Podcast, where we show you what's possible when you make a decision to join the remote sales revolution. This podcast is for you if you are currently trying to break into a lucrative remote closing opportunity, or if you want the resources to massively increase your monthly commissions. The e-learning space is an estimated $400 billion, and there are more than 250 million creators online and growing every day. We believe those who get into remote sales now will be massively rewarded in the future. If you're ready to explode your remote sales career and land better opportunities, join us for free at theclosersnetwork.com. Sit back and enjoy. Let's start here. Like, Why don't you tell everybody your name and how you even ended up at One Call Closers? Great question. So, uh, name's Christian Urbina. Um, how I ended up kind of at One Call Closers is actually Richard's my cousin. Um, basically what happened is I was in a career for about 15 years doing uh, construction, mm -hmm. good career. We'll never knock it. Um, started getting to a point in my career where I felt like advancement was starting to slow down. Um, and it just so happened to be right around the time I ended up reconnecting with Rich again. We kind of separated for a little bit, a couple years, uh, and we we're just chatting. So reconnected, we're chatting it up. And he was basically just telling me like, Hey, it's like, not him, actually. It was actually my wife. My wife, Sarah. She was talking to his sister. And she was the one who was telling me, like, hey, you know, you should get with Rich and kind of see what he's got going on. Um, my cousins were doing really well in terms of, um, I guess it was sales and closing at the time. I didn't know what it was that we were doing exactly. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, um, yeah, you know what, let me do it. So talked to my cousin, ended up reaching out to Rich, uh, came down, uh, actually met you one of the times. And uh, I won't forget those times because when I first walked in, it was, uh, they, they were doing an event for, for one of the um, influencers. And when I walked in, it was in, it was in the evening. I was like, okay, just come down, check it out, see what you guys are doing. And my cousin was slamming deals. Uh, you were in an office. And I remember just kind of sitting out on the side, just kind of watching what was going on and kind of getting a vibe and seeing what it was. And it was always like, hey, man, just like, you know, talk to someone for like 30, 40 minutes and make some money, you know, uh, anywhere from 300 to, to 500 bucks for the deals that you close. And I was like... I didn't think it was real <laughs> at the time, you know? Um, so <clears throat> you you had just slammed that pretty big deal. I remember you came out, you're all fired up, you're excited. And uh, like you have the, this this high level of energy. Uh, that's one of the things I love about you is you, you'd always come with a high, a high vibe, right? And so uh, my cousin, uh, Marisa, who also works at One Call Closers, which is, happens to be Rich's sister, she, uh, I want to say in that day, she made probably maybe five, five or $6,000 in one day. And like, that's what I was pulling in like in a month, wow. you know? And I was like, all right, like I'm in. I'm like, what, what do we do? How does this work? Um, didn't know much about sales, honestly, in the beginning and ended up just saying, you know what? Like, let me give it a shot. I talked with Rich, said, let, you know what? Let's try it out, see if you can close a couple of deals. If you like it, you want to do it, let, let's make it happen. So that, that's kind of what happened. Uh, tried it for two weeks, closed a couple of deals, got really excited, really fired up. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, ended up putting in a two weeks notice. Uh, so literally left a, a career that I had done for, again, about 14, 15 years, something like this. And just said, you know, what, let's just do it. Went, went all in. Uh, super scary time in terms of a, a transition in my life because it was leaving what I knew 
for something I didn't. And that's that's a scary place to be. Uh, but when when you go all in on something, I've come to learn, and you don't give yourself the opportunity to fail or go backwards, the only where only place you're gonna be going is is towards success or, or moving up, basically. And, uh, and that's kind of how it happened, man. So basically, quit my career, jumped into one called Closers, been here for about two and a half years. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. So for someone who maybe doesn't have a family member or a trusted person or someone that they know in the business where there's a little bit of maybe that extra push that was there for you, right? Knowing that, hey, Rich is your cousin, your, your cousin Maurice is there. She, sure. They're very transparent about how much money they're making. What would you say to someone, you just mentioned going all in, what else would you add on to that for someone that's looking to do this but doesn't have that type of a circle to feel maybe really more trusted to, to make a jump like that and go all in? So... I did have a lot of um, support in the decision, right? From my, my family alone, my, my wife was the one who constantly pushed me towards it. I think if, if, if you don't have what I had, which I would say is to a degree is rare, it's still something to... to uh, so I guess I'm not, I'm not really sure how to answer because I'm, I'm trying to think like at the time, this was never on the, the spectrum for me. It was like never on the horizon. I never thought I was going to get into sales. Mm -hmm. So when I had that kind of came in, I had a good environment. It, it might be different than a typical person kind of looking to get in the industry. I would say if you're looking to get in the industry, though, you're going to want to surround yourself with people that can keep you at a high, right? People mm -hmm. who can push you, people who can encourage you, people that you can practice with. Um, spend a lot of time doing your, your research. Get involved in a lot. We got the school network. Uh, it's a great place. Kind of get involved in these places where you can go and learn, where you're going to be surrounded by a group of individuals who are going to provide positivity, people who are going to understand a similar vision that you may have for your life, where it's, hey, this is what I want out of my life, but not everybody in your current circle may have that same vision for your life. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter. So you got to get around the people, I think, who share a similar vision because it's what's going to allow you to push yourself forward to make that decision. 100%. 100%. I agree with that. And, you know, as a testament to my own story, yeah. right, is, you know, that's how I met Bedros and just randomly went down to a San Diego event for three days bought a ticket down there last minute and just surrounded myself with the right people, which ultimately led me to meeting Richard, which ultimately led me to ending up here. So that's, I 100% agree with that. That's awesome. It's a scary transition to, to literally just say, hey, this is what I know. And I'm now going to like leave what I know to go into the unknown. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's scary because people get comfortable. Yeah. You know? And I would say that my life at the time was comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. Mm. And it was just like, okay, you know what? Like I can keep doing this or I can start to to broaden my my view, my views. Right? So, once I started surrounding myself with with people who and not just rich, but yourself included, people who are on the counts that I've worked on, uh, people I've come to meet now, like everybody operates on a higher level more or less than I. Even even some of the accounts that I've closed for in the past. I've learned is that if you want to get somewhere that you haven't been, you got to be with the people like who are there mm -hmm. and they can kind of help fast track your, your success because one, they're going to know how to do it. They're going to show you how to do it. And then you're not, you're, you're cutting out all of the, the BS and the nonsense of trying to figure it all out. Um, I was trying to go somewhere with this, but I, I lost track of it. So no, no, that's, <laughs> that's totally cool. No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Now I'd love to, to dive in making a transition and getting into a space where you have no familiarity with, right? What are some of the initial challenges that you've had to face and maybe you overcame 
that were maybe the most challenging for you? So coming into to sales, um, I, I would say when I first came into sales, I was a sales person. So it, it wasn't really understanding. It was more just feeling like I had to follow the, the script or the questions that I was given. I think for me, it was really just putting in, uh, in terms of challenge, a lot of time. Mm. Uh, I remember when I first came on, I was working 10, 12 hours a day, uh, like seven days a week. Uh, and, and fortunately, like the accounts that I was closing on, that they, they had inbound leads coming in that were able to fulfill the capacity. But I was, it, it wasn't easy because for me, having a family, leaving this as my only like reliability to create income, going all in on something, I also had to get better. And the only way I was going to get better for myself was to put in the reps. Mm. So a lot of reps, a lot of time, a lot of dedication, a lot of calls, learning to get comfortable with rejection because uh, <laughs> it's going to happen a lot. Uh, I would say I'm a pretty, pretty easygoing guy, uh, not, not non-confrontational to a degree. Um, so when you get on these calls and, and you, you get to the end of a call and someone doesn't want to buy your product, in the beginning, it was just like, okay, like maybe this just isn't a good fit. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't good enough to understand more of the closing aspects of diving in and combating beliefs and instilling belief into people and, and realizing someone that I'm talking to has been in a position where something in their life is not right. Mm -hmm. And what they're trying to do is make that change, right? Right. And usually they're operating on a lower level of belief. And so trying to have a higher level of belief in myself to pour into these people to get them to the point where they're just like, you know what? Yes, you're right. You know, if only way something's going to happen is I got to make a change, <laughs> you yeah. know? So the, the biggest hardships I had, though, was one, it was hard on me personally to spend a lot of time coming in, but well worth it. And then it also took a little bit of a toll, I would say, on my, my personal life in terms of like my family and things like this. So I've got a wife. I've got three kids. So constantly being here from sunup to, to sundown, constantly taking calls. It was it was hard, but it was and now it's not needed. So I, I can do similar numbers before with less effort. 100 percent, 100 percent. And now that we don't really have the office environment anymore, like we did a few years ago, how do you think that's changed for you as far as like working more so virtually and, and knowing that, hey, we have almost a couple hundred people that are working virtually? That's hard. Mm. That's really hard, actually. So coming into this again, uh, my experience was being surrounded constantly by those people who were big thinkers, people who would encourage you, people who would push you. Um, and so coming to a place where you have that vibe when you, someone closes a deal and we're slamming gongs and everyone's getting fired up, everyone's yelling, everyone's screaming, everyone's having a good time, it, it keeps the energy levels like at a, at a peak. Mm -hmm. You know, you remove the office, uh, now we kind of have the studio and the gym and things like this, and you go more to the remote, it's, it, take, it took a transitional period again. I almost felt like I had to come in a little bit and kind of relearn some aspects yes. on how to, to keep myself motivated. Uh, mm -hmm. because I was relying a lot at the time on external motivation. Mm -hmm. So I love external motivation. I would say I'm ex an externally motivated person, but I've been learning to be more uh, internally motivated, right? Yeah. Especially myself. And even if that means just reaching out to people myself, just I call you uh, on occasion, you know, a couple times a week, just just to, hey, Mike, it's going to be a great day. Something, just something to kind of level up my vibe, just feel better, have a higher level of energy before I go and I get on a call with somebody and I'm not in the best headspace like this. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's I think working remote in an environment where you you don't have that constant encouragement requires you to 
to to a degree reach out to people as well, leveraging our communities, leveraging our Slack channels, leveraging our teams that we work on, mm-hmm. and working with individuals to make sure that you still have a connection and that you're still working with people that are going to kind of push you still. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Looking back, you know, you sold now for for many influencers in the space. Yes. A lot of different offers, right? Is there any particular influencer that maybe stood out to you that's helped make an impact in your life other than what you've been able to learn and take away being a part of the One Call Closers team? hundred uh, percent. That's going to be my boy Thatch. <laughs> Big Thatch. So uh, sold for the, the Springboard account for Thatch Nguyen. Um, Thatch is, is phenomenal. Uh, the, I don't know a guy who's probably as true or as real as an individual. Um, I mean, I could literally just, if I want to grab my phone right now and shoot him a message there's a 90, 95% chance that he's going to respond back. And so I liked him because he also, uh, I would say, falls into that category of like surrounding yourself with bigger bigger people who think bigger than you. Uh, taught me to, to dream big is mm-hmm. one of his, his slogans, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, opening your eyes, looking at what you really want, and then figuring out how you're going to get that is taking actionable steps, you know? A lot of people like to get themselves caught in the busy work. And I learned from him, it's just like, hey, no, just do the work, mm-hmm. you know? Um, actually, I've learned that from Rich as well. Because I remember there'd be times, just again, new as a salesperson, I'd come in and I had inbound leads. I wasn't out there like cold calling or dialing, nothing like this. And <laughs> I'll never forget, I was, I was waiting for a call to come up. Um, wasn't like confirming my calls, nothing like this. It was like I'd show up if they were there. Awesome. If they weren't, okay. Hey, then I would shoot them a call, shoot them a text, give them another call, see if they respond. If not, okay. Hey, no big deal. Then I would just wait for the next one. And it was just like... There wasn't a hunger or a drive at the time to, okay, what can I do to kind of drum up business, right? And not realizing that talk time becomes really, really important as a closer to figure out, okay, hey, I need to be on the phones because that's where I make my money, you know? Right. So I would, if people weren't showing up or not confirming or just no showing, sometimes I have like gaps in my day. And so just now, again, looking, more, looking back and looking at what I can do better, it was, hey, you know what? Let me start reaching out to people. Let me start kind of going back through my pipeline. Hey, what can I do to be better? And I attribute some of these things to, to things like that, but and and rich, um, but the the springboard account stands out the most for sure, for sure. I love that. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. A lot of respect and love for Big Thatch. Rejections, man, big part of the sales process, right? How do you feel like you handle objections to maintain a positive mindset, or how how do you feel like? Is there anything specific you feel or do when you do get an objection? Do you have some sort of framework for that? So when you get hit with objections, um, usually it's because we, we kind of missed something in our discovery, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so at, at that point, I think it's just putting yourself in in the prospect's shoes, right? There's something obviously clearly they're, they're here to try to find out that they can either do or achieve. And I failed to present in a way that maybe couldn't help them. So it's really trying to figure out, like, if they're going to sit here and hit me with objections, what am I missing? So going back, reviewing my calls, looking at what I kind of did in the past or in the, in the, in the call and see where it was that we, we missed something. Maybe they said something that I didn't hone in on, right, that I could have dug a little bit deeper on to uncover certain things, yes. you know. Um, and I forget, what was the, the, the first part of the question? Just do you have, like, any type of, like, a framework or is there anything that any emotions or feelings or anything comes up like when you get hit with an objection? So in the beginning, I got hit with objections. Uh, it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. It's like, oh, they, I, they don't like what I'm what I'm telling them. They don't like the features and the benefits that I'm spewing, you know. Uh, but then I got to a point 
after getting better, uh, being coached by yourself, being coached by Rich live and in person, I would get excited for objections. Uh, and I think that's something that as a closer, right, not just as a salesperson, you have to be excited for objections because they're going to show up. And if you're not excited, if you're not fired up, it doesn't like it's going to be really, really hard to sit here and get to that point where you spend this, a lot of time and a lot of energy speaking and talking to someone. If you're not in the right headspace and they hit you with the objection, it's just like, OK, well, maybe it's just not a good fit. Maybe we review it or check in down the road or something like this. Right. But I remember when I had just at one, a high level of conviction, a high level of belief, a high level of energy uh, and the excitement for the objections. It didn't matter what they said. I mean, I would get on calls with people and they Christian, I'm not buying. Like, hey, I, I, I want to think about it. You know, just just give me a little bit more time. And we would just keep talking. And one of the, I would say, the, the biggest lessons I learned uh, in, in sales and in economy and closing as well is that if, if the prospect is not getting off the call, that's permission to, to keep going, mm. right? And so they're like, if we're still carrying on a conversation, there, there's something here. You're, you're not leaving. You haven't hung up the phone on me yet. So what is it? And all I've realized is if I can just keep, you know, pushing gently, you know, and asking questions that kind of challenge their beliefs and their thought processes and kind of try to reframe their way of thinking because what they're thinking and how they've been operating is what's put them in their current situation. They need to change that. Right. And so I like the fact that what it was just, hey, just keep pushing, just keep pushing, just keep pushing, ask more questions, get more clarity, get back into the close. And I'll never forget, I had this one guy who was actually for a springboard account. He's just like, I'm not buying. He must have told me, no, I'm not buying 12 times, 12, 13 times, something like this. And I actually have this call recorded. It's probably one of my favorite calls. And uh, he's just like, it's not happening. I got to buy uh, a new car. Uh, I've got to uh, get some people out of my property. I got to fix it up. Like, I, I have the money. I just don't, like, it, like, the value wasn't there for him to a degree. It's like, I have the money to do it, but I have other things that are more, more important, right? And we just kept going. So we had a good conversation, good 30 minutes, hit me with the, maybe more or less the first objection around 30 minutes. Then we dove into the close for about another 30. And it was just no, 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 no. It was like getting ready for lunchtime. I remember, I remember actually Rich in this office um, just telling me, he's just like, hey, Chubbs. He's like, you know, like, like he's not, he's not going to buy. Like, let's just go get some lunch, you know. But this is where I talk about that belief and that high level of energy and that conviction. I remember I hit the mute. I'm like, no, no, this guy's closing. I was like, watch, he's, he's right there, you know. And so got back into it. We kept going. And he's like, look, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And I remember it because you can go to the end of the call. You can play the section. He's like, I'm not doing it. And literally, I want to say within like 30 seconds, he's like, you know what, man? F it. Let's just do it. Let's just do let's it. Let's just do it. And I was like, okay, I'll say, hey, let's, let's get it going. Hey, let me shoot you over the link. We got him in. He was excited. He was fired up, right? I was like, hey, you talked about you got all these payments and all these things. I said, do you want to do the payment plan? He's like, no, man, you know what? Let's just pay it a full. You know? Shot him the link. It's probably one of my favorite closes. Um, I know it broke a, a belief of riches that like when a prospect says no, I think certain amount of times, like, hey, I'm not buying that they're just not going to buy, you know? And at the same time, he wasn't getting off the call. He wasn't getting off the call. I uh, hit this guy with um, a ridiculous amount of analogies and stories. And I just remember he was just like, yeah, man. I even, so I do care about the people. I do want to do what I do ethically. It's not about just pushing you to do something you don't really want to do. And uh, I remember I, I really felt like, you know, there was an element in his, this guy's life that was going to be missing in him being able to pursue his passion and his dream if he didn't take the step. Mm. And so mm. I, I couldn't understand because he wanted to do it. He had a girlfriend, fully supportive, uh, encouraged him, wanted him to do something. 
I wanted him to do something. So I just didn't understand like why why I cared more about him, I, why his his girlfriend cared more about him. Like why does everybody care more about your success than you? And I remember mm. I asked him this on the call. Mm. And he's like, you know what? He's like, you do care about me. He goes, I understand that now. He goes, because we've been talking for about 30, 45 minutes now. He goes, and he's like, obviously, if it, you, you didn't believe in what you do, we, we wouldn't still be talking, you know? So, yeah, I just, you, you got to be excited. You got to be excited for those things. <laughs> there's a lot of nuggets in what Christian Big Chubbs is dropping right now for everyone listening. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that's really powerful that can really help you jumpstart if, if you're not already in sales. So that's, that's really good stuff. Um, I'd love to know from someone who's coming from a construction background, and if I'm not mistaken, at times we're in the car for four to six hours a day <laughs> just to be driving to get to your destination. How does it feel to have some control over your time these days? In the beginning, I didn't. Nowadays, I have a lot more control over my time. Um, gosh, yes. So I, so I, we're in uh, Corona. Um, California. California. And I, because of where I'm located for the company I used to work for is an electrical contractor called Berg Electric. Uh, great company. Uh, love the people. Awesome guys. But um, I was centrally located basically between San Diego, uh, like Palm Springs, and then like Oxnard kind of. And each of these places are, 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 are a ways. You know, every, everything was about an hour to maybe two, sometimes just like driving. And then you throw into the... Um, you throw into like traffic, you know? <laughs> so I would be taking, uh, I'd have a job that I'd be out in Oxnard, I'd be working. It was just no traffic, hour and 45 minutes, maybe two sometimes to get out there. With traffic, it, it, it would literally turn into uh, uh, four to six hours in daily commute to and from. But it would be the, the 15 to the, the 91 to the 71 to the 57 to the 210 to the 134 uh, all the way out. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm 101. And then the, to the 101, yes. So it was just like seven freeways. <laughs> you get an accident on one of them, you're done, you know, and it was just brutal. So I spent a lot of my time in the car, on the roads, and it was just, I remember coming home always uh, tired, uh, exhausted, worn out. Uh, I remember I'd come sit down on a couch and just knock out, you know. Um, fast forward, though, now doing this. Being remote, having more flexibility, having the capability to set my own schedule, uh, I, I enjoy it a lot more. Um, there's a freedom to it, <laughs> you know? So you you dictate your own schedule. You can be as hungry as you want. You can pursue as much as you want. Like, there's no limits. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that you can't um, make adjustments, right? Like, if I wanted to, to take a day off or take a morning off to come in and do a podcast, yeah, let me go ahead and do that, yet still have calls lined up later today. Like, I can, I'm flexible, Right. And so there's something about having flexibility with your, your time that's nice that that's because very enjoyable. You know, I know a lot of people or in closers, it's like, hey, I work three, four hours a day. That three, four hours, I got to make those count because that's all I'm going to do. But I know they're making anywhere from 25 to 40, 50,000 a month working three to four hours a day. You know, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of freedom in it. For sure. And yeah, even for me, thinking back. If there was times where I would, you know, take a half day or go on vacation or traveling or something like that, I'd still try to get a call or two booked. And then you go in with the mindset of like, dude, I'm going to close this call, like no matter what it takes. And sure enough, you close it, make a $500 or $1,000 commission. And it's like, dude, I just took a call. Now I have the rest of the day in front of me. I can go do whatever I had planned going on. This is like one of the greatest 
ways to create freedom and wealth for yourself, in, in my Absolutely. opinion. Yeah. Um, it's, there's no, so there's no limit, right? And that's the, that's the part that gets interesting because there's no limit. Most people operate on, on a base, mm. right? Mm. So when I did construction, uh, I was making about 6000 6, right? After taxes, maybe about four or something like this. Um, but you learn to, to live on this. And the next thing you know is now you, you find out, hey, I can make the same amount of money in, in a day, a couple of days. That starts to scale, you know? So then it's like, okay, hey, now I can make more money in less time. But then I was going somewhere with this. You can make more money in less time. Bro, you said something. Let me ask you this. What's the most commission you've made in one day? Do you, do you remember that? Because I remember mine. <laughs> so I closed. It was... So I know I know you had a record, and I, I came one shy of it, I believe. So I think it was twelve deals in a day you had. Twelve deals, and I want to say I did a, a eleven deals in a day, and it was. I remember I, I remember this was actually <laughs> this was actually going back to Thatch. We were, were promotion. We did, it, and I remember taking calls all the way up until midnight. Um, ton of ton of people, and it was uh, eleven deals. It was maybe about. So yeah, about seven, eight grand, something like this. That seven, day. eight grand in one yeah. day. It was a big. It yeah. was a big day. That was a big day. Um, yeah, for me too. I remember. I remember calling my dad. Even I was like, "Man, <laughs> I made some money today." He's like, "What's some money?" I was like, "I think this is the most money I've ever made in a day." He's like, "How much are we talking?" I was like, "About twelve five. Wow. He's like, twelve five. I was like, "Yeah." Feels good, man. You know. <laughs> and you so go at home. the time, yeah, that was the most money I've made in a single day. Um, and so it was, it was just an unbelievable feeling, you know, to be able to accomplish such a thing because it really expands your belief for like what you can do and what the possibilities are. That's what I was trying to get at. It is what what you can do, right? So it's like if you're used to operating on a lower level, to level up, you got to increase that um, the thermometer, right. as Rich would say, right? The uh, Secrets of Millionaire Mind, uh, yeah. great book, probably one of my favorites. Uh, it's like learning to operate and increase so that you're not falling back. Mm. Um, maybe kind of backtracking it a little bit here, going back to like, kind of like a pitfalls and things you struggled with. In the very beginning, my very first my very first month in sales, I think it was like 12 and a half, 13 grand, right? And I remember I was just like, wow, like this, this is exciting. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I was like, I got like three, four months of, of income right here. I could take it easy, yeah. <laughs> you know. We should talk so about that. We we I, I let off the gas. I let off the gas. I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. Hey, if I don't get this deal, it's not a big deal. I'm covered for the next few months, and uh, I, I learned really quickly. Uh, that's that's a bad headspace to be in. <laughs> Very bad headspace to be in. Yeah, that I mean, it tends to be a trend with new closers mm-hmm. coming into the business, so it's totally normal. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's something that. You don't want to get accustomed to, for sure. No, you learn you start quick. hurting bad. Yeah, you, yeah, you, start, you learn quick. You, you start learning really quick. You start learning really quick. Um, I'd love to know from you. I mean, you kind of shared about it, but anything you want to add on to, like, why someone should consider getting into the high-ticket space? So, I mean, it just depends what you're looking for in life, you know? I mean, if, if you're someone, you got a good job, you like what you do, and, and you feel great, uh, go for it, you know? Continue pursue your passion. But if you're someone who, who's either struggling or you're someone, I feel like, who's 
who's not happy where they're at and they're looking for other avenues, uh, this is a great space to get into. Because again, there's, 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 no, there's no cap to what you can make uh, other than what you put on yourself, you right. know? So that's what I would say. Okay. <laughs> now, as far as if anyone's interested and is like, dude, how do I get involved? How can I be a part of this? You know, we've built something in the school network called the Closers Network. Yep. And why should someone join the Closers Network? It's free. It's free. Yeah. And what, 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 what kind of value will someone get in there? I was just going to mention that. So the, the Closers Network is a free platform where individuals from all over the world can leverage it. Uh, you don't have to pay for anything. There's nothing being charged. And so all you do is you go and you show up and you learn, right? Find out if this is a space that you want to be involved in. We've got content. We have education. We have coaching calls five days a week. You actually do one of those. And so if you're someone who wants to get in, wants to learn the space, take advantage of these opportunities to work with seven-figure earners who can show you the ropes, who can help you break beliefs, show you new ways of thinking, and just show you a space that you're not familiar with, but get make put you in a position where you can decide, hey, yeah, this is something actually I would want to pursue. Yeah, 100%. To add on to that, I would say, yeah, just for anyone even just considering it that's not happy where they're at right now, right? There's an extremely low barrier to entry. There's not any cost involved. The, the closing network is free. And you have the ability to, to make a great amount of money in a relatively quick time, right? So I think if anyone's interested in it, hit us up. Let us know you want to join. Uh, but Or you can just Google the Closers Network School and you can find and then join the wait list. We'll get you added in there. Uh, so I, I will touch on something else too. So Rich has a lot of like phenomenal content. Everything's broken down with like a short form, short sequences. It's easy to digest, right? Um, everything's kind of tracked as well, and you can kind of track your progress going through it. The classroom's phenomenal. Uh, we've got a lot of coaching calls in the past, each uh, each week constantly being added up or, or uploaded as well. Um, he has a thing in there uh, around beliefs and around money. Mm. I forget what it's called, uh, but highly would recommend looking into that. I want to say it's about an hour long. You know what? That's a great point. We should touch on that because one of the biggest challenges I feel like new salespeople have that haven't ever made a lot of money before is coming in and having a challenge with the idea that how am I going to ask this person to spend five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars? Oh. <laughs> right? That's one of the biggest things that come up, and it sounds like that training right there is what you're talking it, about. It, that it, touches on that. It touches on that. Um, that, that is actually a really good uh, point you brought up. So when I first came in, I was selling a program. I think it was about $3,000 at the mm -hmm. time. Uh, they were looking to do a price increase to five or $7,000. And at three, I, that I felt good. I felt comfortable. Kind of going back in, this is in the first month of sales. We did a transition. So into that second month, they also did a, a price increase for the product and the service and the coaching. I think also, aside from making the money that I made in the beginning, I also now had this barrier and this belief that, well, no one would spend $5,000 because I, I wouldn't have spent $5,000. I wouldn't even have spent $3,000 at the time, you know? And I remember coming into this and thinking, okay, like $3,000, like that, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Who, who's, who in their right mind would spend that for something you can go online and get for free, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it was, it was just like, okay, I, I didn't like it. And then when we increased the price of the program, I had to break those beliefs, those barriers, and, and realize that I was holding myself back from just saying, just because of, of my own beliefs of I would never even spend. I wouldn't spend three. There's no way anyone would ever spend five. 
Until someone did. Until you also spending, well, ended up spending 10000 into the coaching program yes, yourself. Yes. So, and then that fast forward down the road, leveling up, making more money, I realized there's value in investing into yourself and into your goals and things you want to do. And so I, I did. We actually, we actually partnered on something for that. Um, and yeah, I put ten grand into that. And you feel like that helped increase the it level did. of belief? 100%. But even then, it, I would say it increased but I think there's always an element that you can go higher, right? Because I've only spent maybe mm-hmm. about twelve to $15,000 in terms of, of like investments in coaching where I know there's people who are spending fifty to a hundred to half a million dollars. Right. And then these guys are doing much bigger things. So gradually just building myself up as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, final thoughts. Is there anything you feel like any wisdom you want to shed? Anything we didn't talk about that you feel like is important for the listeners to to listen to? I would say, if anything, seek opportunities, <laughs> you know? Uh, look at life as an opportunity uh, because that's what it is, you know? Every day you wake up, it's an opportunity to go out and do something, right? Mm. Find, find a way to be better than you were the day before, you know? And that could be hard, especially if you don't have any level of support, if you're doing things on your own. Find Seek, seek opportunities, but also uh, seek individuals uh, that can kind of push you along. Seek opportunities and, and seek individuals. And I think you said get better every day. So we talk about a lot about the, the 1% a day, right? Where <laughs> yes. Tony Robbins talks about Kanai, constant and never-ending improvement. And, you know, doing 1% a better day, right, is, is a lot better you in a year from now. 100%. And just focusing on what can I do today, today to, to just do one thing better to, to keep accelerating and progress. Well, it's with anything. And just looking back to where I am now, you get better one percent every day uh two and a half years later you you got something completely different Mm. not just like in sales and in closing but as as a person right you know uh, you've leveled up yes big time 100 percent. yeah that's never ending it it doesn't stop that's why i said there's still opportunity and still growth (laughs) to be had there you go folks get yourself involved in a community where you can continuously level up get the support and just be in a great environment with other people that are going to help push you and elevate you to the next level so with that being said christian aka big chubs (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in uh, and joining us here on the closers network podcast um really appreciate it man i love everything you're doing i'm very grateful for you and and i'm excited for everything that's ahead here for you i'm excited i appreciate you mike Uh, i appreciate uh my cousin richard kind of putting the whole thing together uh and i'm more than grateful to to be a part of this awesome awesome well thanks guys thanks for uh thanks for tuning in